Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 32 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. With me again is a familiar uh, lineup of the usual suspects. We got Matthew Aguilar here. What up? Mr. Brandon Davis is back with us. Hello. Hi. And we brought him back yet again, mostly because we're shorthanded, but mostly also because he's a great heel for this show. Mr. Charlie Ridgely. Hey, I'll, I'll take it however I can get it. Well, today, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you a little small slap in the beginning because, I mean, to be fair, we are bringing you back to uh, do a victory lap. I mean, you're really just here because we are a fair show, believe it or not. And uh, we like to keep it fair. So when Charlie's right, because, you know, like the blood moon, it doesn't happen often, but it is important when it does happen. So, like, Charlie was right about something, so we're going to let him talk and kind of take a victory lap about that. But we also got a nice variety of things to talk about today. We got some DC comics, some DC movie stuff to talk about, some gaming stuff to talk about, which we brought uh, Brandon Davis on to slap him around about. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the awesomeness of the PS5. Uh, and we're going to review the uh, new show, Solar Opposites, which is uh, from the Rick and Morty co-creator, Justin Roiland, on Hulu. And I know Charlie's itching to talk about that, too, so that's why you're here. And we're going to plug some things we're going to be doing in the upcoming weeks. So, uh, yeah. Let's start right at the top with uh, Mr. Turn Up Charlie's chance to turn up and take his victory lap. Charlie was right. You know, we've had this ongoing debate all year about the fate of New Mutants, you know, the, uh, from the X-Men universe. And uh, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know, we were, we were pretty good about digging into Charlie and his hopes that New Mutants was going to hit theaters. We're just saying, dump this thing on Disney+, Plus, be rid of this cursed object, and, you know, do that. And then Charlie thought he got really celebratory because we brought him already once to celebrate because New Mutants had a, <laughs> got a theatrical right. release. I forgot. So we'd have an episode <laughs> to let Charlie come on and celebrate. But then we had to knock him right back down again because New Mutants, when the coronavirus hit, New Mutants got pulled along with everything else from the 2020 theatrical slate. And it was just left out of all conversations. Disney was like, yeah, so we're bringing back all these movies. Here's some new rescheduling and New Mutants was nowhere to be found. So we were kind of ragging on Charlie all over again, which was fun, I'll admit. But like now the uh, fortunes have shifted yet again because today Disney kind of released, or today or yesterday, I forget what date. It doesn't matter in quarantine, really. But uh, Disney released a new kind of release slate for 2020, just so if everybody's confused, like it is, I mean, it is confusing as hell by now to keep up with, you know, while you're trying to protect your life, what is going on with movies and all that. But Everything's been kind of moved. So Disney released a new slate to say, hey, here's where you can find everything. And guess what was on that slate? Charlie, take it away. What was on the slate, Charlie? New Mutants was on the slate, Kofi. Thank you for bringing that up. 
Um, I mean, I'm not going to take a full victory lap until like I sit down in a movie oh, theater to watch this movie. You, but we wanted to set you up. For I am very TV. excited, but I've done this already one time and I'm going to wait because, you know, the coronavirus, this pandemic, this whole thing is so mm-hmm. unpredictable that yeah. we don't know what's going to happen come August. I will agree to that. But I am excited that, you know, there are other factors in play. You know, I know Brandon and I talked about this on Twitter yesterday uh, with some of our other our other friends. And that was spicy. I know Caliente. There, are, there are streaming deals in place. I know Fox had a streaming deal with HBO, so Disney maybe can't go right away to streaming if it does it, if it wants to keep uh, New Mutants off of HBO. I, it's, it's a complicated thing. We don't know all the ins and outs of it. But if this was kind of the failure that a lot of, like, people were setting it up to be, I think Disney wouldn't care. I think it says a lot that um, that this movie's st- still aiming for a theatrical release. You know, Disney clearly sees the value in it. I don't, I'm not seeing here saying it's going to be a billion dollar movie. I don't think it's going to break box office records, but I think for a lower budget than most superhero movies um, and for a built-in audience for the X-Men plus a built-in audience for PG-13 horror movies. And then uh, the, what we've seen in the movie has looked really good. I think that it's going to make money and Disney's confident that it will make money in a theatrical setting. And Bro, so the counselor had a good trailer. Like they've oh I I good well, news was coming the I knew it was coming the counselor <laughs> was one of my <laughs> biggest letdowns because the trailer was so good and the movie was so bad but I'm I'm saying that when you kind of combine the different factors the factor of a whole entire reshoot by an entire studio bro. there was no reshoot ever listen I think okay first of all. I can't curse on this podcast. Fox, Fox is Listen, notorious for first messing of all, up leave the, the counselor property. out of this because one of the greatest <laughs> oh writers of all time tried to make a Hollywood script, and surprisingly, uh. novels are not like Hollywood scripts. But still, one of the greatest writers of all time wrote that movie. So, so everybody spicy. chill out. So spicy. Second of all, the thing that I think we got to nail here is not the ins and outs or the reshoots and stuff, but I think it's just the thing I think me and possibly BD agree on, and not so much agree with you, Charlie, is that. I, I don't see what's happening here as I'm not taking the same interpretation of these actions that you are. You see Disney putting new mutants in August and you're like, well, that's confidence right there. They believe in this film. It's like all this stuff. I'm like, who would you send out of the tunnel to, to possibly die, to test out the battlefield, to see the enemy defenses are, you know, like, I'm just saying how is it out there? The theater, We've been in the bunker for but so that's, long. Here's the thing, though. It has we, need to see, we need to send the canary down the coal mine. Like uh, Mulan is still like, scheduled for a month before the but new that's a, But that's, again, I, I don't believe... Okay, first of all, there's not like much big, confidence yeah. There's not that's, much confidence yeah. in Mulan either that's to begin with. That's what I'm with. saying. There's, oh, see, I, no, I disagree. Disney is confident in that movie making money. You're literally, but you're acting on hunches, and I'm acting on things that people have told me like th- this is like i know that th- like you're you're believe you're hoping that disney believes in a movie because you liked the trailer for it three years ago like the fact is they literally had no other option their choices were never show the movie or put it in theaters like obviously why not put it in theaters and this movie could make five million dollars worldwide and you'd come at me and say well, look, at it. it's a horror movie. It costs $20 to make. It's a success. What did you expect? Pandemic is the reason the movie's great or whatever. Like, I mean, if, it, was- if the movie makes more money than it costs, it's a success. How much did it cost, by the way? Do we know? What's $20? The Mulan? <laughs> no. Oh, New, New Mutants. Mutants. Oh, no. I mean, New Mutants cost like... 
It wasn't I mean, I, the cheapest movie ever made, like, but it wasn't the most expensive. It was somewhere because we're not talking like, like a Blumhouse like ten million. They, they had right. Artemis Fowl. I think it's Look 60 to 80 they, million. Dude, range. The okay. evidence is in their other actions. They had Artemis Fowl. It's a movie that was never going to make a lot of money. They're more focused on Disney Plus than they are anything else right now, and they dropped Artemis Fowl on on online. You could watch Artemis it Fowl. Looks like a show. Whoa. I'm sorry, I cussed. Charlie. Had, it doesn't Charlie. matter what it looks like they, because they had. I'm sorry, kids. The movie, they had total ownership of the movie, so they dropped it online because they can. It, it would be a much bigger win for them to just drop this movie on demand if they could, but they can't. They legally cannot. By the way, if you don't follow Listen, these two I, on Twitter, I, this you movie. Totally be, like I said, I if you watch anything, Blumhouse has done over the last ten years. Even <laughs> even bad movies Disney that have smaller has budgets. Nothing in common with Blumhouse. It, yeah. That's irrelevant. I'm saying that the, 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 the model of Blumhouse has created money. Joker followed that same model and Joker made a billion dollars because yep. if you take something that takes some risks, that breaks some genre walls and it's good, even remotely, if it caters to any audience and it's accessible for people, you put it in theaters, you can make money because it costs less. Hey, you have oh, a PG-13 I, horror movie grenade? that people no, automatically I, no, go no, for. This, this wasn't, but I know that like, okay, I hear what you're saying, Charlie, but again, like nobody's arguing that new mutants doesn't have that money-making potential formula built in what i'm saying is i'm seeing a releases in august and july as you are sending kids you don't love as much as other kids out there to test the waters you're like that's what i'm seeing disney i, is say, I, I disagree because of Mulan. testing of the market because disney to see what the wants response Mulan is. to succeed I think if they wanted it to succeed, we'd see it in 2021. Like that's correct. That's my feeling. They would have been moved back as far as Black Widow was, and because yeah. they believe in Black Widow, I, they believe in Black Widow, and I also think Black Widow is in November because they they kept with Marvel's dates. Every Marvel movie moved to another Marvel movie date. Marvel has its own release calendar, and they were allowed to keep to keep playing in that. I think it's almost the opposite. I think these are bubble movies, but that they're not sure will make money. They could, but they're not sure. And they're like, oh, well, <laughs> like if we're going to jump something uncertain into a specific time, let's dump it into an uncertain time with an uncertain product. That way we're not like killing one of our, our sure bets. We're just, again, this is a test. If and I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not even saying you're wrong. That I'm not saying that this can't be successful. By August and New Mutants is a, is a kind of blend of superheroes and horror, two of the surest things to the box office. By August, people might be going out of their minds. They might be happy to see the first superhero-ish, blockbuster-ish type thing that comes along, and it could work out. So I'm not saying all that, but I, I just don't see Disney's interpret. I don't interpret this as Disney being behind two very confident movies and taking a confident stance. I think of. I think this is a plan. It's like the slow opening of everything else. It's like they don't know how movie theaters are going to come back here. Let, but we got to start testing because we can't stay shut down. It's the same thing. We're all in, right? Like, so they're just doing it. And this is how their slow rollout and looks. Look, I, I don't, I'm not saying New Mutants is not going to make a profit. I don't know. I have no, New, I don't think New Mutants is going to make very much money. I don't, I do want to see it. At this point though, honestly, I'd watch Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas fill in coloring books and pay $17 if it was safe to do that in a movie theater. I'll watch anything, but I do want to watch do New that Mutants. From home. I think the trailers look fun, like look good. It looks like an interesting movie. I don't think this is a sign of confidence in the movie. This is an obligation and the alternative is never release it. If the option to just release it online existed, that I, I think they would have done that. I mean, and they can it, release it on digital, but then it goes streaming to, to HBO. 
Isn't that the, I mean, I might be, I might be totally wrong, but isn't that, isn't that the deal that exists? I mean, then even more of a reason for them not to release it on digital, like, because they cannot put it on, like, they cannot, they I mean, legally, I mean, if they, if they don't care and they don't care that Dark Phoenix is going to be on HBO Max. Why would give you shit. give it to a competitor? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying if the movie, if the movie's irrelevant, if no one cares, if it's, nope. if it's a waste, if it's a throwaway, it, it's irrelevant. If we can disconnect it completely from, it can say Fox on it, it can say 20th Century, whatever. It doesn't say Marvel, Stop. MCU. Charlie, you're not, you're not, you're literally not arguing with me. What I'm saying is that if they could, you're telling me you don't think that if they could have, if they legally were able to put New Mutants on Disney Plus or Hulu or for $9.99 on, on demand and they would get the money for it, you don't think they would have done that in the past two months? I'm I'm saying we don't know the in, we don't know the exacts of the contract. I know I, for a fact that they cannot do that. They cannot. That's not, that's not what you said platform. till this moment. So they right. they have contracts in place that they cannot do that because they got they inherited those contracts from Fox. I think, right. I think and, and I thought the streaming contract meant that once it was debuted for money, it had to like on a streaming service when it streamed for free, it had to be with HBO. I, that's what that's what I thought the contract. Okay, so if the contract says it has to go to HBO, why after would you do it, that? After it has a regular on-demand release. So ex- so why would you do that? Because they're not going to make money on that. They w- what I'm saying is they would because you, you still, have the, you still okay. have the full on-demand. You guys are getting in the woods. You're losing me here. But the point is, I think. We just have a difference of opinion on what Disney's intention and belief in this movie is. Well, no, apparently where, Brandon knows it as fact. We just you know. No, he, I, I didn't read it on the website. So okay, just to keep everybody straight, I think Brandon's just arguing about the parameters of what they can do, and we're kind of debating their attitude about what they want to do with this movie. And they want to make money, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's the purpose of making these movies. Yeah, but and and I also, but I I do firmly believe that there is a kind of like they've selected which. If you go, we have the full breakdown of Disney. We're going to end on this of Disney's new release dates down, and if you go look at it, it's pretty telling. See which movies are in July, August, and then see what happens about mid-September when they start to kick in with like The King's Man and then all the other bigger movies that we know will probably be sure bets at the box office. And I think it's a pretty clear pattern. So let's not get too deep in the woods. Let's just end on that and move on. So moving right along. We're going, Matt, this is your time to shine. Uh, We've had big interruptions in the comic industry, but before that happened, we were kind of really excited we had kind of come around to this Batman uh, series after City of Bane, and we were building up to something, the big kind of summer event called the Joker War. And it was supposed to be, I mean, we were supposed to be getting into this like right about now, but of course, with everything that's going on, we're kind of delayed. But we just got an update about from uh, Joker War artist Jorge Jimenez, who uh, took to uh, kind of let everybody know what's going on. Matt, you want to give everybody the update? Yeah, so essentially, uh, it was actually released like really towards like the tail end of yesterday. But essentially, Joker War Part One. Now we still haven't actually gotten there yet. We still have like a couple more issues to go. Uh, Those are still like TBD. Uh, But the new one comes out in July. So the Part One, which by the way, he will end up doing all of those like that whole arc. Which if you've seen uh, his artwork in the current like in some of the other books they've done a couple different artists kind of trade off in certain issues uh his work is gorgeous especially the deathstroke uh issue was mainly him uh during that fight and stuff gorgeous stuff so part one uh will be coming uh july let me double check real quick 
think it's July 21st. 21st. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I mean, did it some looks research today. <laughs> it looks how awesome. Janelle Wheeler feels. <laughs> Prepared. <laughs> it looks awesome. Uh, we, you can actually see the cover uh, and a variant cover uh, on the website. Um, it's they're still holding ninety two and ninety three. Um, they're looking at June. Uh, they might see like a double up. They we've already started to see DC books kind of come in uh, this month and over the last few weeks. Uh, but it's kind of like the studios thing, right? We were just talking about movies they kind of saw, okay, well, we're going to release some of our kind of lower tier titles now. You know, certain now comic shops are open, a lot still aren't, um, but we're going to kind of <laughs> save those big ones for when shops are a lot I more like shops I like how you use the approved cough, Brandon Davis. That was very good. <laughs> um, so, on. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that they're kind of holding them, but we'll probably get a couple of back-to-back uh, Batman issues leading into this. Uh, it looks yeah, awesome. I, like, I mean, if we got 91 and 92, like back to back, that would be. Yeah. Be cool. And then we launch right in the Joker war. Yep. Uh, you know, the cover's kind of cool. It's just because it shows, I mean, we've seen like uh, how Joker is kind of taking the designer stuff and how he's got this master plan and he's, they show like the metamorphosis into the Joker that he is now here. It seems like he's going to take the fight to Batman as opposed to kind of doing what he typically does, which is, kill a bunch of people and then let Batman find him. This is very the opposite, uh, showing like the Batcave and um, yeah, him decorating like it. Basically deconstruct all of Batman's kind of whole world of Batman gadgets and arsenals and stuff yeah. like that. So very exciting. So oh, yeah. I'm just excited to see that it's actually like happening. It's in the queue. Like it's actually we're moving forward. So uh, also DC books are now on Tuesdays. I have no idea if that's going to change when comic Look, shops that open. needs to change. This is temporary. You don't <laughs> mess with some, certain fundamental rules of the universe. Yeah. DC. Uh, and also it's understood that, you know, the reason why they held out on Batman books is they had already shipped a bunch to diamond. And when Diamond kind of said, nope, we ain't shipping in books anymore, it was kind of like, okay, well, we can release some of these lesser ones because we didn't print that many. But like Batman, they print a ton of Batman books. <laughs> so they were kind of like, no, nah, we're not going to eat that. We're just going to wait for that. So, But I'm excited. It looks cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. That's some good summer reading I'm looking forward to, actually. I mean, it's like now, I mean, I don't care about Marvel's like so falling off. I don't care about this X-Men sword crap. So like, yeah, sort of. I forgot, I forgot about yeah, that. Ex exactly. So yeah. like, I'm looking forward to Joker war reading. We've come so, so far on this podcast talking about this. Yeah. Like I this know. series. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy where we were, where we were about a year. Wait, was, oh no, that was, it oh wasn't that long ago. That it was feels, just like in September. Oh my it, God. It feels like it, we did like an about face kind of a couple months ago. Like it really started finally coming together. But it's just funny that, like, if you go back and listen to our podcast, like, when this first storyline first started coming into play, it is polar opposite. Like, we could not have imagined we would have gotten here. So, nope. But here we are. All right. So, talk, keeping on with the Batman talk, let's jump from DC Comics over to DC uh, Movies. And uh, here was the grenade today. It wasn't supposed <laughs> to be New Mutants. I, but I, I knew when I brought what BD did you and Charlie expect on. It was I know be. what I expect when, Bree, when I bring you and BD on. This is, it, it's because I, I need a little pick me up. So, I need things to get a little peppery. Remember, um, remember when we used to get on and argue with each other on live video every single week for like. It, yeah. That was, that was yeah, uh, yes, I used to watch through the window and shake my head. It was, but you guys look good in your suits. So that was, that was great. Good time. Uh, I remember. It was like a couple, watching a couple angry morticians. Uh, it was but, like a uh, decade ago. 
<laughs> no, it, I mean, that was like, <laughs> dude, that was like four seasons of comic book ago, man. Oh, like, my Lord. Yeah. That's where we had a whole different showrunner, had to buy a dialogue and everything. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so going to Batman movies in our real grenade today, like, so... Robert Pattinson's just been sitting around quarantine, and he decided to talk to GQ, which is always interesting <laughs> when actors get bored and start talking. Uh, and so there's, he, there's actors getting bored, and then there's people like Robert Pattinson getting bored, and those are apparently very, yeah. very different well, things. And then there's people like freaking Val Kilmer getting bored, and then that's a whole other set of something. Man, if you haven't read that latest Val Kilmer thing about how he explains why Batman's so popular because there is no Batman, like, you know, have a few drinks and go check out. Oh, no, Robert Pattinson wants to open up a pasta fast food sandwich restaurant, so... I mean, that's, that's he's good. A, he's I in a great place. Check that out. Yeah, just call it carbs and I'm there. Like, you know, Never mind, anyway. But uh, anyway, so here's something that I know has gotten Batman fans riled up. So Pattinson's been asking, you know, like CM Lu, CM Lu, who's been like training or playing around with training to play Shang-Chi and uh, all the other actors who have got superhero roles that are now on hold. How did you hold. say his name? Uh, I don't want to say it again because I know I messed it, it's, it up. It's just Simu Lu, right? CM, I said CM Lu, I think. Simu Liu. Liu. Okay, so I was. was Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that I should have nailed that with E. Obviously, my bad. Yeah. I mean, it's only seven letters in a whole like first and last name total. In a whole different vowel structure from another side of the world, but you know, linguistics aside, thank you. Yes, Brandon Davis has a correct pronunciation, and let's do try to stick to that because I am not advocating ignorance in name pronunciation. So, how do you say his name again, BD? I don't know. I'd rather hear you say it. No, no, no. Just sound it out, Samu. Anyway, Samu. so dude playing Shang-Chi is kind of making jokes about working hard. <laughs> like the easiest name. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Robert Pattinson is over here saying that uh, he's just taking an all effort approach to the Batman workout. He told GQ that uh, basically he wasn't feeling what Warner Brothers wanted him to do with a trainer. He says, I think if you're working out all the time, you're part of the problem. We set a precedent. No one was doing this in the 70s. Even James Dean, he wasn't exactly ripped. So uh, we had to resuscitate Chris Killian after hearing this quote. But uh, once we got him back to life about hearing an actor say that you can't, that you can skip workouts. You guys don't get that as a Chris Killian joke. Man, I hate you. Anyway, moving right along. So like, yeah, this is going to get people riled up. People who thought that uh, Edward Pattinson was too skinny and pasty and sparkly to play Batman. Now hearing him say that he doesn't care about the workouts is just the kind of thing that I know triggers DC fans to be like, what, what you're, you're not doing Batman workout. But, uh, well, and, I mean, and some think media this matters. I mean, I, I want to ask, <laughs> do you guys think this matters that much for, for a Batman actor? I always wonder because I always thought it was kind of silly for particularly Batman actors to work out too hard. Because basically, at the end of the day, you still got to get into a padded suit that is going to uh, make your muscles full. That has carved like, in abs yeah. and all that other junk. I, Does uh, anyone here have an answer on. except for no? Yes, absolutely. I think it's important. Um, well, okay. So mine's look at that guy. A little Does this guy look like he's been sitting on the couch eating potatoes. Go so ahead, mine's, sorry, mine's a little. Ooh, and I like so, wow, BD's vicious. He even pulled from Batman Year Two. It's like, like the one Batman Year Two book. Hands. Yeah. So oh, like, <laughs> I was giving BD a compliment. Oh, man, BD, I was giving you a compliment, bro. No, I was saying I, I like the deep cut that you actually pulled the version <laughs> of Batman that that Robert Pattinson's going to yeah. be playing. That's I think it's a little more like essentially my answer is a little more nuanced than just the yes and no because I don't. I mean, if you read the interview, he's very right. tongue in cheek throughout the entire thing. 
I don't necessarily know that he wasn't, again, you're like, these people are bored, right? And giving interviews that like, honestly, it's, it's very much like, I don't give, like, I, I don't care type of uh, non armored interviews. Okay. So they're a little disarming when they're talking and stuff like that. I don't think well, their publicists can't get to them as easily. Right. Yes. True. And they're not in a controlled environment. It's just one guy in his apartment. Like, didn't he take the photos? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So again, <laughs> like none of this is, is controlled as it typically is. And if you read the rest of the interview, there's a couple of times where he makes things in there and it's very much like tongue in cheek or with a smirk. I don't necessarily think, I feel like he's probably training some, or, or maybe not right at this moment, but at the time, whenever it comes for him to like get back into gear, I mean, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's that serious. I think it was more of a joke. I've seen some reactions to it that are also jokes, but for the completely opposite reason. Like, I don't know why people are getting so turned up about this. Um, and that's, that's where I'm coming from. I say that it doesn't matter. Not because like, okay, if you're Batman, like, yes, you need to, you need to be in shape. Like you're a superhero. You have to be in good shape. You have to create that physique. And that's something that he was actively doing often. There's all his videos of him doing jujitsu. Yeah, like, like he doesn't like, it's not like Pattinson looks like me. And then he went, right. Oh yeah, like I'm going to be Batman. Like, no, I of think course he's not. just, you know, <laughs> he's stuck in quarantine. He's like, I'm not going to do all this he's stuff already right now shape. because everything's crazy. Like I'll, like, you know, yeah. I think he's just, being weird about it and it's fine. You know, I don't, well, that was if he was like, question, if he was like crazy out of shape, if he had like a big beer gut, it was like, if he was David, Harbour, you weren't working out. Were you like, if he looked like me, you know, like, like Matt said, but I think that he's just gonna like, this is quarantine and I feel crazy and I don't need to spend 19 hours a day working out to feel better. He's still eating the, the dumb diet stuff they gave him. Just putting weird stuff in it. It's like eating oatmeal and cream. Yeah. Or like he doesn't want <laughs> like, he's, he's eating stuff. He doesn't like, because yeah. he's holed up in this London apartment that doesn't belong to him that he got from production. He's just, he's just doing the best he can. I think he's just like, that's not super important all the time. I, I don't, I don't have an issue because I don't think he's just saying I'm never going to work out for yeah, to play Batman. Like, I, like it's know, like this whole disrespecting the character you know, like, thing that I've seen spreading all over. Like, give me a break. Like put that to bed. Like, I don't, well, this is my stop. question to you. Like how ripped do we expect this guy to get? Like how much do we even expect his body? be? I, I don't think, I mean, he could do like a Andrew Garfield lean muscle type deal. Like, but I don't see. See, I, I think best case scenario is like, like is like Hunger Games, Pirates 4, Sam Claflin. Yeah. I think that's like, that's where Pattinson can be. That's a very uh, and that's a good case scenario. Reference. <laughs> You've done a lot of research on these physiques, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've been neck deep in Pirates reference. of the Caribbean for the last like three weeks. So. <laughs> You're like, like, just achieving, where I am personally. Achieving Sam Claflin's body, Claflin, however you say his name, is not a very not easy thing to do. And like the thing, I, like, right, I agree. I'm just I, saying how Pattinson's built, that's right. the I mean, I think get. I think to answer Kofi's original question, I agree with what both of you said about how it seems like he is working out a bit and the quote more accurately, if you read the whole thing, sounds like he's taking quarantine to not really work out as much and he is like staying in shape for it but i think like part of the original question is like should people be working out to play superheroes and i think you absolutely should yeah because there's nothing like the, the the part that i disagree with is that like oh it sets this precedent like yeah no it does that superheroes should look like that we're not supposed to look at a superhero and say like i can i should look like that and jump off buildings and kill criminal no, or not well batman doesn't kill uh and fight criminals in gotham but like we're that's not normal people that's a, there's a okay but there's a certain section 
and that'll this will probably lead us into a whole other thing. But there there actually is something to seeing an ordinary person's physique and type in a hero that you admire, look up to. There is something to that. Again, when we're talking about these like archetype Supermans and whatever, okay. But and also, I like don't, Batman's like, I don't feel dude. like dismissing that completely is like Christian right. Bale wasn't like huge, you know. Oh no, I mean there's you like it depends bad. on the character's whole question. Well, but, like yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine somebody who isn't like Chris Hemsworth's physique being Thor? Well, but no, but Thor's a god. Like okay. if you're talking about the character, and also he was oh. fat in the last movie, but that's irrelevant. Bro, find me a find me some Batman comics where Thor looks like the, the average dude you see at Publix. Well, you won't find those. Thor wouldn't Thor's be a Batman comic. <laughs> I mean, or uh, not, or Batman. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I mean, I in every a... Batman movie, he looks like a normal guy, except for Ben Affleck. Michael Keaton's a very normal looking dude. I un- listen, okay, but like you say, they weren't doing this stuff in the 70s and 80s. There's a lot of stuff in movies that they do now that they weren't doing in the 70s and 80s. A lot. But of I think stuff. a lot of people would would agree that 1989 Batman is is a great depiction of Batman. Sure, it's great. I agree. Yes, it is a very good movie. So. Okay, but like that's just that's that's irrelevant. Like, I mean, we've come. I'm just saying, a lot of it depends on their take. I mean, it, again, if you're playing Superman, if you're playing Thor, if you're playing Captain America, like these are it's a different thing than playing a billionaire with a lot of money who gets a padded suit and fights crime in it. I mean, you have to believe I mean, that he can jump f- off a building. Physically but, fights crime and looks pretty jacked yeah, in every comic. Like my point is, take on roofs. Doesn't look like like your average person in a comic book. Like Tony Stark. He's not in very good shape and like he's just your average dude in a comic and that's why like Robert Downey Jr. was I mean he's in shape he's a, like a pretty shapely looking guy even in Iron Man 1 where you see him shirtless but he's not like he's almost Christian Bale level I guess I don't know I feel like it should be pr- kind of I don't know there's no way to say this without pissing people off but I think if you're going to play a superhero you should be in pretty good you, shape You need to be in like, pretty good shape uh, but I think Pattinson's already No I'm behind you Bruce I think like, Pattinson's in pretty good shape But though. that's but the point is moot because we think Robert Pattinson is in pretty good shape I mean I yeah. think you and should be in like unattainable like to the average person who who You job should look is not like you have actor. a professional trainer and nutritionist helping you to do this Absolutely like, and and I mean and this is the thing like I'm all for healthy body image but at the same time, like we do watch fantastical things and fictional things. We don't necessarily, and this is my problem of like, we should put more normal people look on TV. It's like, no, I don't watch TV for normal looking people. I watch real life for that. Like I want to see the pretty people on TV. I want to see superhero male and female uh, shots that have bodies that make me go, wow, like, holy crap. Like, I'm just saying not every superhero needs to look like Chris Hemsworth. I think yeah. that Robert Pattinson's at a good level, so I agree on. I agree with well, what yeah, you're I mean, saying. I don't. I don't know what Robert Pattinson me, looks yeah. like. I'm, I think I, I'm agree with what you're saying. I think it needs to. It needs to fit the character, and so Batman, yes. I don't think, has to be as jacked as Thor. And so, yes, I'm not saying Robert Pattinson should go gain 40 pounds. It's a case by case thing. I'm, what my point is on that one specific thing he said on that looking a certain way to play a superhero sets a precedent. Like, yeah, it it does. Like, you're playing a superhero. There should be a next yeah. level. Of dedication to play that so that requires like if you don't yes, think you should play. have to do that, it's a good old sports analogy if you don't think you should have to do all that work there the next actor is going to do that work like yes. the next actor. that's right and i mean and you know like i said i think pattinson had been doing that before quarantine i think he was putting sure. in yeah. the effort you know i don't know what he looks like and i don't think he should look like hemsworth that's not what i'm saying yeah. right but i think it's i think it's going to come out all right when we see him as batman i think this is much ado about nothing so do you think okay do you, that i just and this is i don't know if this is totally related i just this is just out of curiosity chris pratt pre-guardians if he never got in shape to play star lord don't you think that would have been a little 
kind of weird to see him trot around the super like see Andy Dwyer. Yeah, I mean, if he was just Andy Dwyer, I mean, I mean Camille like... Camille just did the same thing. You know, I, I he got yeah exactly ripped, and and I, and I get it. Like I get doing it. I'm not I'm not against like getting fit for a superhero role. And I loved his post about it because there is no way that if it's not your job to look like that, you cannot look like that without the help and without the like it the being time, the space, the resources. Yeah. Yes, yeah. like I like literally know, time, space, and resources. You none of us here can work yeah. at comicbook.com and also look like that. Like no. you, like on a normal life, you can't do no. that. I mean, the food in the lobby alone would just ruin. Yeah, the whole exactly. Thing. But that's um, why yeah. I think that it should like. It's part of the lore for me. I think that these people looking a certain way and like it, it's not going to ruin the movie for me if they don't look like that. But I think it adds to it. No, but I think we're all okay. So I think we're all in agreement that I mean there should be some level of this. You don't. It's not equal for everybody, but like yeah. there should be some level. All right. See, we're we're working through issues today. All right, moving right along, we're going to go into DC talk to gaming talk. So we've been talking a lot about what's going on with these next gen systems. We've been kind of following the rollout. And we had a big question that we kind of pitched on the podcast and debated, which was whether or not like next gen consoles should just scrub off 2020 like so many other people are doing and just come into 2021 strong or try to hit that holiday season window. And PlayStation has kind of put their stake in the ground and said, yo, Christmas time 2020, get those PS5s. Matt, any other details that you want to tell us about? I don't follow this as closely as you. So uh, Sony dropped in their financial... um, latest in financials presentation, they essentially said that they there have been some rumors and like we talked about before about maybe pushing or whatever. Uh, they are still on track for a holiday 2020 release uh, for the console. And one of the actually more surprising things is that they acknowledge that they've had a bunch of challenges as far as travel and, and getting people to places and things like that. But that hasn't actually hindered uh, any of their software development We've seen like delays in some of their like first party games and things like that. But that was stuff that was more about the retail space and adapting there as far as like the stuff they're developing for the PS5 and things like that. They haven't had any roadblocks, which is really amazing, Uh, especially with all the moving parts. I mean, I know like studios, uh, Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed has it's absurd the amount of studios that are actually working on that game and they're all in different places over the world and somehow that thing comes together as one cohesive whole. So add in the coronavirus and the delays for flights and people being, you know, stuck in one country or another. And I'm amazed that that's the case. Um, The other big thing is really just that they're still kind of staying mum on the hardware uh, stuff. They still don't, from what I understand, they still don't have a final model uh, for the PS5. Like, they don't really have a final version of like what it's going to look like. They have obviously concept art and designs that they're picking from, but at least from what we've seen so far, they don't have one like picked. Like this is what the PS5 is going to look like. Um, they still got plenty of time to come to figure that out. But uh, you know, we're we're inching closer and closer. I mean, it will be the year will be half over before we know it. And so, yeah, holiday twenty twenty is kind of far, but not really. It's it's close when you're especially trying to come down to final stuff. So. I will be very interested when they finally reveal it and what it looks like. Uh, I do hope for the white one, uh, but that's I mean, kinda, I assume it won't look like a mini fridge, but we can assume. I, I, <laughs> I would assume. Uh, I mean, I would say it would look a lot like the controller and have that similar 
architecture and design aesthetic, but um, I'm, I'm interested. But I'm just surprised that they're really still rolling forward with holiday 2020. I will, from all intents and purposes, it looks like Microsoft is also hasn't really like acknowledged any changes or anything like that. So they are still on track too. It will be a very interesting marketplace. I think before when we talked about it previously, I was a little apprehensive about like, I don't know if that's smart. And I think COVID kind of won me over as far as like, well, maybe this is actually, it, there's not a best time, but maybe this is a time that will work to I mean, release What else it. are people going to do? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So well, that was my point. Yeah. Like, so our I think economics have over that. shifted greatly. I mean, if you're I lucky more PlayStation in the last like two weeks, maybe month than I yeah. have in the last probably like six yeah, months. I mean, yeah. everybody knows the time, but we were discussing like economics and people, the argument was whether people would see this after the year of so much economic loss for so many people as this would be the time to kind of spend your money on a PlayStation. And, you know, we saw, we kind of went through the, the whole initial saying like, yeah, I, I could see why this after 20, after coronavirus and everything that's been so real this year, this would seem like stupid and frivolous to you. But my other side argument was at the same time, we are home all the time and our whole kind of nature of leisure and economics has changed. Like now, instead of spending a little bit money every day to get a beer and have a drink and buy lunch or do this. And it's like, I barely spend money every week, but then I go to the liquor store and spend like 150 bucks on like <laughs> a bunch of liquor that I'm going to have for like the next week. Hope, I mean, hopefully habits, habits pending, you know, uh, for the next week. And yeah, and I'll buy that on demand movie. That's like 20 bucks. Cause like, I'm not going to see another movie in God knows how long. So like, yeah, when it comes to something like a PlayStation or the next gen Xbox by the end of this year and knowing that that's like the only good thing I might get in terms of like leisure and fun out of this year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm saving now so that when it comes, that is going to be my purchase because yeah, I don't know until we have like a vaccine and life truly returns to normal. We could be doing a lot of start and stop quarantines. Like who knows is how this is going to go. I'm investing in something that's, that's for my leisure time for sure. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to have human friends again. So I'm, Why do you set yourself up for these easy, just easy takedowns? I mean, because I'm easy. <laughs> like, but like, you, you know, just, you just, oh, I'm just leaving. Easy, it like fine. I like it's to retire in low hanging fruit. The last time, or there's two times ago when I was on here, Matt got me hooked on that Assassin's Creed stuff. I never played it, and Matt talked all about it, and I've like dove headfirst into this whole Assassin's Creed thing. So like, he's listening to the audio games. book. He's listening to the audio. Oh, it's book. it's an audio drama. <laughs> <laughs> So Riz, Riz Ahmed is in it. It's like actually really in. good. Wow, kidding. you are—you oh, just man. went. You went right for the deep end of the fandom, huh? Just... I'm playing two of them simultaneously. I have I have uh, Black Flag on my Switch, and I have uh, that I play when I'm in bed and when I'm traveling, and then I have you know Origins on PlayStation. He's about to. Buy I'm it. all in right now. It's bad. He's about to buy Odyssey. Oh boy! I just, here bought, we I go. just bought Odyssey. Odyssey's so oh, good. Man. I bought it before we got on the podcast. The podcast. So, it's Brandon awesome. Davis, um, have you started? Have you gone to GameStop and started your uh, layaway for PS Five? Kofi, why do you? I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. Stir the pot, folks. Brandon <laughs> is an Xbox guy, but he might change. BD grows. He evolves like all of us. I was an Xbox guy once. Well, I was, I was, a PlayStation guy. Makes their decisions I was a Nintendo guy, then a PlayStation Max. guy, then an Xbox guy, then back to a PlayStation guy. So, you know. All I know is that Unreal Engine they showed the other day for PS5 stuff. I'm sure Xbox will look just as good, but it, it blew I mean, me away. I saw that. It looked good. But those, like, honestly, launch games always suck for both platforms. So I'm not really excited. I mean, I can't that. fight you there. 
Well, that wasn't even a game. It was a demo. I mean, it's no perfect dark. Nobody's launching with a perfect dark this year. Rise, son of Rome, baby. Let's go. I mean, Switch Switch launched with with Breath of the Wild and and uh, Mario Kart Odyssey and that was like, or Mario Odyssey and that was like those were great launch games I was yeah, so Rise excited for Rise Rome. of Rome before Rise Son of Rome baby I, I was so excited game. for it when the trailer hit and then <laughs> I beat that game I played straight through it I beat it in two hours what was the what was the PS4 launch that oh I don't remember what was the oh, game for that I don't remember because I, I mean because it was I so got in with like bundles right yeah. I mean it was forget Rise right, was so bad that it was, forget- so it was memorable Rise because it was so bad actually was kind of enjoyable it was just very short that Sunset. I can't remember what it was. was I gotta fun. look it up, guys. You remember all the Xbox launch games? I don't know. This is weird. No, I don't. I remember one because it was. No, terrible. I remember Perfect Dark <laughs> being so terrible. Like that's what Perfect I remember. Dark was for Xbox 360, and you just said you were an Xbox guy in that generation. I so was, what? but Perfect. Uh, no, I was. I was an Xbox and Xbox 360 guy. That is that is undeniable. Xbox You're 360 right. Perfect Dark was no resistance. Wow, that game. Uh, whoa, resistance whoa, is great. Yeah, don't, it is. Don't smite oh my insomniac like that. <laughs> no, I, I was I was against resistance. When I will take three life. resistances over yeah. the trash heap that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, perfect dark was trash. Like, let's just. I, I will say, I, I don't know it. about the launch games, but the 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 stuff that PS4, like PlayStation's created for originals, like I'd rather play Uncharted and Spider Man and you know those type of games yeah. over. Last of Us is a PlayStation thing. Over that's you know, the that's the the Last of Us. I'll give you, although apparently the Last of Us Two, Killzone, Shadowfall, Mac, uh, Flow, Flower, which Flower is actually really good. Uh, sound Shapes and Escape Plan. That was PS4. Killzone, Shadowfall was the Sony, big one. Sony, com- those were Sony's like first party those type those, thing. That was yeah. all trash. Escape Plan was. That's why we quickly got Last of Us bundles, Grand Theft Auto Five bundles. Like yeah, they they, 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 they they remaster. They, they put Black Flag up. Like they they yeah. ported Black Flag up to PS4 cool. real quick. I mean, I'm with BD. Those those are long, those are PS3 and PS4 has had trash launch time. Honestly, I'm, neither console has so had standout launch games. Like there is no. Well, PS2 also, but I mean that had PS2 uh, had Bouncer. Uh, when Bouncer launch, didn't it have Twisted Metal? Uh, a Twisted Metal Black. And What's going to uh, happen? That Fireworks one. I forget. We're going to buy a new console, whether you buy an Xbox or a PS5 or both, and then you're going to end up playing Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone and The Last of Us Remastered and GTA 5. And GTA 5 is a pre-gen game. Like, that's what's going to happen, though. Uh, you're going to yeah. play one of the new titles. You're going to get through it in 20 minutes and be like, ah, it's trash. And then we're going to go back to a previous generation game on the new console, remastered, whatever. I mean, it depends on what they do. Because like, if they re-put out you know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the new generation, like, you're going to play it for like, I that's play what's that. going to happen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, BD is right, though. We're gonna, we got to move on because we got to wrap it up pretty soon. But um, I think BD is right. Like, <laughs> it's going to be all these launch titles we're not going to remember. We're all going to be right back on, like, yeah. you know, whatever Warzone is going, new update or whatever. <laughs> Until, like, Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, yeah. if it's for the next platform. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. All right. Yeah. Stay tuned because when we get back, we're going to wrap up the show today by talking about the uh, new series Solar Opposites on Hulu. And we're going to hype some quarantine watch party stuff that we got coming up. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that. It- 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so solar opposites. Uh, we're kind of in a strange time for Rick and Morty right now. Season four has been kind of a mixed bag for a lot of people. There's a lot kind of going on with that. We did a whole breakdown of their season four B premiere with the whole kind of meta deconstruction of the series canon and all that. And that kind of really kind of got crazy. And we talked a little bit about the second episode that um, kind of got back to form. But Justin Roiland broke out on his own and has done a new series called Solar Opposites which is basically kind of a very adult animated third rock from the sun concept. Uh, it's essentially a group of aliens that got stranded, crashed on earth and got stranded here and have had to live. But unlike like third rock from the sun, which is kind of, was kind of kitschy and celebratory of like Americana stuff. This is very critical and nihilistic uh, in Justin Roiland's unique way, kind of saying if aliens came to our world and lived in America, like, and just using that premise that we've all used for kind of, philosophical discussions or whatever um but take it in a twisted comedy way of reflecting all the kind of really volatile things in our society these days uh, through the prism of aliens and so it's kind of my thing with it is and it's still early i think the first three episodes are up on hulu right now oh, they're all up oh they're all up mm-hmm. it was it was a full all at once release oh i didn't see i didn't even i'm still combing through this yeah because you gotta uh, get episode episode uh let's see there's eight episodes so episode seven the penultimate episode is one of the one of the best. Well, I'm gonna let you take over here, but um, yeah, I mean, so far for me, the thing is, is is this show kind of a good enough expansion of Royland, or is it still too much Rick and Morty? And I'm kind of on the fence. I've seen the first two episodes, and uh, it's almost distracting that the main character sounds so much like Rick that it, it's really kind of just just disturbing. Yeah, but I mean, it does we, have we, its we, own. Yeah, like the, the same person, you know, voices the yeah. character. So you know, Justin Roiland voices both, and he created the show with Mike Mahan, uh, Mike McMahon, who was the head writer on Rick and Morty. So you have two Rick and Morty guys coming over to make the show. There are going to be some similarities, but. I think it really does a good job, especially as the season goes on, of completely separating itself. The first few minutes, I had a hard time because you hear Rick in your head when when uh, when Justin Roiland's character speaks. Uh, Corvo is is the character's name, and it, it, it's a similar uh, animation because it's Justin Roiland's animation style. So there are similarities, but this is a much more hopeful and fun and lighthearted show than Rick and Morty. It doesn't have the mental darkness all the time. It, it has glimpses of that, but it doesn't have this big attitude of like, nothing matters. Everything should like, why are we even here? Who cares? This doesn't have a lot of that. It has a lot of narrative point to it. It has a lot of hope to it. Um, a lot of optimism. 
because you know you have two main characters who really hate Earth, and the other two really love Earth for for what it offers, and they kind of come together on that, and they, they they clash over that, and it, it makes for some really fun comedy. Like the voice acting is really good. Um, one of the characters is voiced by Thomas Milditch from Silicon Valley. Uh, Mary Mack does one of the voices, and the other one is uh, Sean Gianberni, Gianberni, the kid from um from the Goldbergs. Uh, yeah. and the, the, the voice cast is really funny. Um, you'll like this. Uh, Jason Manstukas is in an episode later in the season. Um, and I love everything he's in, but, um, it, it does a really good job. I think of telling a story because unlike Rick and Morty, where you get glimpses of a narrative thing, like every few episodes, this really does go episode to episode and have an, an uh, like a plot to it. And it only has the plot about the aliens. There's a whole separate side story, uh, that goes on that you don't kind of get at the beginning. And the show has been out for a week. So I'll, I want to talk a little bit about it without spoiling too much, but, um, in the first episode, you learn about the people in the wall. Kofi, I know you you saw them. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the characters shrinks down people and puts them in like a big like experiment yeah. wall, like a like a connected guinea pig ant wall thing. And those people end up like starting their own society within this wall, and it turns into like this whole like Mad Max escape from New York side plot <laughs> about these people starting an uprising like against the rulers of the wall. And it's it's incredible how they weave that like. Act, very serious narration into this really funny, weird show to the point where episode seven is literally, t- it takes place hundred percent in the wall. It's all just the wall people. And it's one of the best episodes of TV I've watched in a long time. Like it's, it's so well-written. It's so well-structured. It has a full score to it. Like it's, it's fantastic. And I wrote the review for solar opposites last week or I guess the week before, whenever it came out. Um, and this was the first five out of five I've given in like a year and a half. Uh, you know, for movies and TV, so like I, I really, really enjoyed it, and I think it only gets better as the as the season goes on. Like it had me early on, but the end of the season is really, really strong. And I, I I'm what have you enjoyed really more, excited. Solar Opposites or Rick and Morty season four? If we're just on season four, I, Solar Opposites I've enjoyed more. I think as a whole, like Rick and Morty has a, a full, you know, basket of things to play with, and it has a whole like it, it's established itself to me. Um, so I mean, you know, Rick and Morty is the better show because there's more of it and they've, they've been good for longer, but I think solar opposite has the potential to be something I enjoy way more because of its optimism and because of its, you know, its cohesive plot and its characters, you know, Rick and Morty finds new ways to be funny and finds new ways to kind of mess with your head and to, you know, to explore these two characters that, you know, and I will always enjoy that, but this has so much more room to grow. It has so much room to go beyond a simple idea and, and really become like a full-fledged show. And I mean, Hulu already renewed it for season two before season one even aired. Like they clearly believe in it. Uh, I talked to McMahon and Royland last week and season two's already been written. They're working on animation for it now. So, you know, they're confident and they love kind of where it's going. And I'm really excited to see what's next because I think it does have more potential than, than Rick and Morty does. Wow. Sounds like your classic Simpsons Futurama family guy, American dad, the vibe. All right. You can check out Charlie's full review of Solar Opposites on comicbook.com, and you can check out the show on Hulu. So, quarantine watch party. Uh, by the time you hear this, this episode go up, we will be preparing for our quarantine watch party uh, with the uh, cast that are creators of Harley Quinn, DC's Harley Quinn, and we're going to be doing the latest episode and the previous episode. So, on Friday, when you hear this episode go up, the new episode of Harley Quinn will be on DC Universe, and we're doing that episode for quarantine watch party. And then we're going to be doing the episode before that uh, as a second part, because of course they're only 22, 25 minutes long. So to get kind of an hour long length, we're going to be doing two. So be sure to hop online 
even if you don't have DC Universe, it's good to follow along and just kind of hear people, fans. It's good, and this will be a good promo for Harley Quinn if you haven't been checking that out because that's an excellent show. So be sure to uh, get in on that. BD, I know you're working always on this thing you've started across the world. Is there anything you can uh, reveal yet? Uh, I have reached out to Sam Raimi and James uh, Mangold. One of them said yes. One of them hasn't answered. The one who said yes will be on May 27th. Uh, I'll let people start guessing. Oh, there you go. Dropping, dropping, this is Friday. Dropping reveals. I actually have one of my own if I can add to BD. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to announce anything yet because I'm still working out the details. But if you're a fan of community, which a lot of people are, pay attention to the next week because uh, I think we'll have something very exciting in that okay, realm. All right, fellas. Uh, that I'll say Boom. more about later. Boom, I'm liking this. Everybody's getting in on this. So, all right. So, Charlie has something community-related he's teasing. BD has a Sam Raimi or James Mangold big announcement coming. We'll see oh. what happens. And uh, we got Harley Quinn coming up. And we just did Russ Burlingame, just did a Kevin Smith, uh, uh, Josie and the Pussycats. We're going all over the place with this. So That's been cool. Those just, are, those are I mean, cool. it's, BD, thankfully, made it real simple. Just go to Quarantine Watch Party. Forget all those other hashtags that people have tried to do as variations, but... Uh, you know where to find emphasis it. on tried. Yeah, tried. There you go. So that'll do it for this episode <laughs> of Comic Book Nation. Thank you for tuning in. If you're just getting in the show during our quarantine arc, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed, or you can find uh, and get new updates of the show, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, iHeartRadio, or you could tell Amazon Alexa devices to play Comic Book Nation podcasts, and they'll fire up the latest right for you. If you want to talk to us, pitch topics, get any kind of information, or just share some thoughts, hell, you can always find us checking out the hashtag, uh, hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can also find us at hashtag Quarantine Watch Party, like I said, if you want to get in on that side of things, and you should. It is a hell of a lot of fun. So be sure to do that as well. If you want to contact uh, if you want to contact us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. Brandon, you want to go? No, oh, oh, you can find me at Brandon Davis BD, and I'm at Charlie Ridgely. There you go. Wow, it's like you could just type our names in and find us. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's pretty. Really, easy. is that easy? I mean, you're just a formality, BD. I feel like everybody knows where to find you all the time. So they literally they show up at my house. They really know. Oh, poor Janelle. All right, so <laughs> moving right along. That's a deep cut. That's for the future. <laughs> that is for a future episode. I'll explain that one. But uh, uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been Comic Book Nation. We uh, want to say to you guys, stay connected, stay healthy, keep taking your care of yourself, and keep chilling with us because we've been loving having our expanded fan base as you guys have been at home on lockdown. It's been great having you in the discussion on the Facebook, live viewings, and everywhere in between. Oh, also, we're going to get back into this office one day. So go on iTunes, leave those five-star <laughs> reviews, because I swear to God, once we get back in this office, I'm going to take like a whole episode and just read off fan appreciation things and send a bunch of people some T-shirts and keep Jim off my back for like two months <laughs> by having him go into the mailroom and disappear forever. So be sure to go on iTunes and leave those five-star reviews, because we do appreciate them, and we've been reading them, and they've been making us feel good. So thank you. This will be Do It for Comic Book Nation. We'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Deuces.